This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. So you own your own business. Got small ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Got medium ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Who has medium ambitions? You got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need. Total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome to PuckCast with Statsman and AJ, Rotowire's hockey podcast show. I'm Paul Bruno, and you can follow me at Statsman22. I'm joined, as usual, by AJ Scholes, who's an excellent follow for hockey fans at AJ Scholes24. That's A-J-S-C-H-O-L-Z-2-4. A big milestone took place in the NHL last week with one of your favorites, Sidney Crosby, AJ, reaching the 1,000-point plateau. Now, without taking up the rest of the show, I wonder how high you might <laughs> think he can go on the all-time list and where he he ranks among the all-time greats in your opinion wow that's a that's definitely a tough one um you know i just don't see uh him getting up to those yager um level numbers now i know yager lost a few years playing in the khl um but i i don't see anybody else playing nearly as long as he has and especially when you consider that sid has had some injuries, some concussion issues. Um, so I think the fact that, you know, he won't play quite as long, uh, he's certainly not going to catch Gretzky. Nobody ever will. Um, and I don't think he'll even catch Yager. So, uh, he'll definitely be up there, you know, top, top five, maybe. Um, but I don't think he'll be one or two as, as, as far as all time greats. I think you really have to look at beyond just what he's done in the league. You know, there's a little bit more parody now, um, with salary cap and, and stuff like that than there used to be. So I think it makes it harder to win uh, Stanley Cups and, and create that dynasty level effect. So I think you have to factor in some of the other tournaments that he's won. You know, he's got the World Cup win, the World Juniors. He's got the gold medals from the Olympics. And so I think when you factor all that in, he has to definitely be in your top five greats of all time both for the production in the NHL and what he's done in some of those other competitions. AJ, that's so well said. I could only add that 
further limiting the, the guy in terms of climbing up the all-time ladder is the fact that goal scoring has been down since the 80s when people really fattened up on the goalie stats. I mean, you're not old enough to remember that era, but I certainly am. And I'm telling you, the goaltending was awful. There were, <laughs> there were wrist shots going in from the blue line and goalies just turning their heads on slappers sometimes out and out. Uh, I remember those, those two factors vividly. And, and so it was a lot easier to score goals in that more wide-open game. And now you'll see even by the lines that are posted every day in terms of the over-under, it's, it's like five goals, six goals, where that might have been a score for one team more often than not in, in that era. So no wonder that some of those guys really fattened up on their offensive stats. And uh, it's something that we just don't see in hockey and we haven't over the last 20 years. So very well said. I agree with you that Crosby does rank, for me, definitely easily in the top 10 and perhaps as high as the top five, like you say, uh, to be among the greats like Howe or Lemieux and uh, Gretzky. Maybe Crosby is the fifth guy in that grouping. So uh, pretty pretty well said, AJ. And, and I just think it's a function of the times that we, li- we live in that it's going to be very hard for anybody to touch those uh, all-time scoring leaders, like you said, uh, Gretzky's out of sight, unless uh, they change the scoring system. Maybe, maybe two points for a goal or something like that. <laughs> that. We just won't see it. Yeah, you'd have to maybe start giving assists to, to all five guys who are on the ice, you know, like they do with plus minus, just turn that into an assist. I mean, it, it those numbers are just astronomical. Uh, you know, only caught some of the tail end of his career um, without having to go back and watch, you know, highlights. So uh, it's just astonishing what, what he accomplished. No question. AJ, there was a deal, and we're going to talk more and more about trades in, in coming shows, uh, I, I'm sure, but we had a deal yesterday, and uh, it was between uh, the Coyotes and the Flames, a transaction that saw defenseman Michael Stone uh, go over to uh, to Calgary for a third round pick in 2017 and a conditional pick. That's if he resigns with the Flames. That's another fifth rounder in 2018 going the other way. So uh, what do you think of this transaction? Were you surprised in any way? Not really. And I, and I honestly think it's going to be one of the most even trades that, that we see out there. I mean, Stone's numbers haven't been great. He's got a goal and eight assists. Um, but he is averaging over 20 minutes a night. So he's definitely going to provide some some depth uh, for the Flames. And, and they're definitely concerned about that. Uh, they signed Barkowski on that, that PTO that they turned into a, a two-way contract. So they're definitely trying to shore up their blue line. I think Michael Stone will add a, a solid defender in there. He's not an elite scorer. So that's why you're seeing a third-round pick. And the Coyotes are you know in the midst of, of a rebuild here. And so they're trying to stock as many picks as they can. I, I really don't think uh, there's going to be a loser in this deal. You might give the edge to the, the Coyotes getting a slight uh, you know, benefit out of this over the Flames if Stone re-signs with Calgary just because then they get that additional pick. But there, it's not losing two picks in the same year. Uh, I really think there's no losers on this one. Yeah, you know what? I tend to agree, and it kind of speaks to a bit of a changeover in what we're seeing in the Calgary defense where we saw uh, they spent a lot of money on a quartet of guys there, but one of those guys is is going to be a UFA. So maybe that's why they went this route to secure a cheaper defensive alternative to build up the the top two pairings to a level that they can be sustaining uh, sustaining the quality of play that they've gotten over the last few years from that 
that defense that has led the team, really, uh, in terms of the offensive play and certainly been good on the defensive side of the puck, too. So I think it's a conservative move to make sure that they have uh, a certain amount of quality and can build out from the from the defensive posture or position, rather. So uh, we expect more deals, but we'll certainly try and break them down in some way, shape, or form in coming days. And you can look forward to a complete breakdown of all the trades uh, in our post-deadline show as well in about a week and a half. Uh, AJ, we're going to talk a lot more about hockey in a minute, but our friends at FanDuel want, to, want us to remind our listeners that baseball is just around the corner. We don't want anybody to get stranded on first base without a RotoWire subscription, and we don't want you to miss out on this great offer, folks. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month subscription from RotoWire. You go to FanDuel.com slash RotoWire to claim it. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible, and users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. All right, AG, you got to help us uh, steer this thing back to the hockey po- uh, focus on podcast. Yeah, as always, before we uh, kick it off, I want to just remind our listeners that it, uh, throughout the week, if you have questions about your lineups, uh, fantasy hockey, or just hockey in general, you can tweet at us and we'll try and answer your questions either during one of our shows or on Twitter for you. Uh, as Paul mentioned, you can follow me at AJSholes24 and you can follow Paul, the Statsman, at Statsman22. All right, and we invite our listeners, I'll remind you, to keep those thoughts and questions coming, particularly as the trade deadline that likely approaches for you in your, uh, in your pools uh, in season long. We certainly will be ven- able to venture and willing to venture our opinions on all deals that come our way for analysis. We thought we'd take a bit of a turn, AJ, uh, in terms of our usual format with a 30-team sweep in alphabetical order by taking a look at the playoff races and go through each of the four division standings because... This will help decipher, I think, who the true buyers and sellers are. Let's, are. let's begin by taking a look at the Atlantic Division, where following last night's win, there was a shuffling of uh, the playoff spots that are secured in terms of if the playoffs were to start today. Florida jumps into that third seed. But from top to bottom, there's only 12 points that separate all eight teams. I think that's remarkable, but it's also a testament to that darn three-point uh, versus two-point thing and the overtime <laughs> and shootout, which I'm so annoyed by. But help our listeners, help help me and our, our listeners get a sense for what you see in the rest of the season in this division. Well, yeah, Paul, as you mentioned, the, the Panthers are health, healthy now, and that, that's a very dangerous group. Uh, and I honestly think it's still too early to completely rule out Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, if they get Stamkos back, can maybe uh, shore up some pieces here at the trade deadline. I, I definitely think they're in it. Um, you know, in Montreal, I think is also going to be able to turn it around. They're they're ten seven and one in their last ten, but um, they do at the end of the day they do still have Carey Price between the pipes. So um, it really could be almost any of these teams now i'll probably rule out detroit at this point um but you know with how close it is uh it's definitely up for grabs the one thing i will say is it looks like it you know it could end up changing a little bit but it looks like the Metropolitan's definitely going to run away with at least one of the wild cards uh and could be in contention for the other so uh that means these teams really need to get into that top three in the atlantic to make the postseason i think yeah i'm a little nervous a couple of weeks ago you made me feel good by saying the leafs were almost a lock to make the playoffs but certainly now you can't say that they're fifth in the division with a four four and two mark in the last 10 they've been overtaken by florida who's eight one and one and boston seven and three and uh 
the teams have other teams have caught up with the Bruins in terms of the games played thing. So uh, games in hand, less of an issue than they were a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Montreal with that two seven and one mark must be looking over their shoulder and wondering, boy, Ottawa's creeping up, Florida's ca- creeping up. The Leafs have a game with the Canadians on Saturday too, so it could be even tighter than it is right now by the end of the week. And uh, I hope, I for one, hope that it is. It could, it's going to be a lot of fun in this division, watching uh, as more of the games will be in the division down the stretch, and uh, we can really see some drama here uh, unfold as the standings right now may not reflect anything that they look like at the moment. Ottawa has uh, maybe dodged a bullet with three injuries that they sustained on the weekend. Four, actually, if you count Bobby Ryan, who's maybe the most long-term of them all. But there are three other guys that are top six players there that suffered bumps and bruises, but they all made it onto the plane this morning for the four-game road trip that the Senators embark upon. You certainly touched on the Panthers. This team looked like it looks like a new club since they got Huberto and Barkov back in the lineup, and a tough out for sure. And I agree with you. Don't discount Tampa. They sit seventh, but a mere ten points out of first, and they're five, two, and three in their last ten. So great analysis, AJ. And I think this is one division that really is going to garner a lot of attention over the remaining games. Uh, let's take a look at the Metropolitan Division. You already touched on that. Three of the top four teams in the overall league standings reside here. And that, to me, is a bit of a crime when you look at the cup coming playoffs because one of Washington, Pittsburgh, and Columbus is definitely going to be out of the playoffs after the first round. And that, to me, is a crying shame. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Paul. You know, no matter how it breaks down, uh, the second and third place teams are going to face off here. Right now, it looks like that would be Pittsburgh and Columbus. You know, you almost would consider giving uh, the the Eastern Conference edge to whoever would come out of that matchup, although you certainly can't rule out Washington either. I mean, I think the Rangers might actually be in the best spot here in fourth place. They get to travel over, and, and right now they'd be playing Montreal, and that I don't think that would go too well for the Canadians there. Um, so, yeah, I think the goal here is going to be to try and chase down Washington um, for both Pittsburgh and Columbus to try and avoid playing the other one. Um, it's going to be tough. You know, the, the, the caps are, are five game or five points, excuse me, ahead of Pittsburgh. They're seven, two and one in their last 10. So, I mean, they're playing phenomenal hockey. You almost wonder if it'd be better off just uh, tanking a little bit to try and let the Rangers catch you. But um, certainly I don't think any of these teams are, are going to be in that position or, or be considering anything like that. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. You know, you have to mention that the Rangers are probably a lock, I think, to get the first wild card spot. If they don't catch Columbus or Pittsburgh, then it'd be the other one. Um, and then the Islanders, Flyers, and even the Devils with 60 points are, are, you know, certainly not out of it for that for that wild card spot with just how uh, much weaker the Atlantic is so far. Yeah, I would agree. I think that the, what hurts the Islanders, the Flyers, and the, and the Devils is more games left in their division, and they got some games against the heavyweights that really could mitigate their opportunities of getting uh, one of those wild card spots. Certainly, the Rangers are a lock for a playoff spot. Uh, they're maybe the sixth best team in the NHL and they're fourth in this division. It's remarkable that all that talent and all that depth resides in this division. It's going to be a real dogfight in the playoffs. And you you said it, the fourth place team in this loop may have the best route to the conference championship round because the Rangers right now have seven more points than Montreal, even though they're fourth and Montreal's first in their division. So a remarkable uh, uh, landscape uh, before us with the with the tough 
Metropolitan Loop. Uh, it looks like a, a knockdown, drag them out battle. It could take a lot of bu- the fight out of these teams once they get through two rounds too. And maybe an Atlantic team does get uh, rise up and bite them, uh, having an easier route. Uh, this could play out a number of ways, and it's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, the Central Division, where Minnesota is trying to uproot and out- unseat uh, the last two division winners, Chicago and, Ma- and St. Louis, are behind them by a considerable margin. St. Louis won't catch Chicago. They certainly won't touch Minnesota. Uh, it looks like the Wild have a seven-point bulge. They're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. Chicago, low looks like they're lurking in the weeds, AJ, and I really wouldn't want to face them in the first round, particularly St. Louis, who upset them last year. There's a, uh, a very like, good likelihood that those two teams will face off and the, the Hawks will want revenge over what happened last season for sure. Uh, fourth place team in this loop, Nashville, could also factor into the playoffs. Mi- Mi- Winnipeg kind of on the outside, and really they have a tough road to hoe, but they've played more games than the other teams, and that might be something that makes their route to the postseason a little harder here. I agree, Paul. I, I think that, that Chicago-St. Louis matchup, uh, you know, if the playoffs started today, you know, we said Pittsburgh-Columbus, but I almost think Chicago-St. Louis would be one of the most entertaining uh, first round matchups here just that that close rivalry you talk about their even their ahl teams are in uh st louis's ahl team is in chicago chicago's is in rockford illinois so those two teams are close by as well i mean this is just a, a budding uh, brewing rivalry and it, it extends into other sports too i mean the baseball rivalry is there as well um so i think that would be a really compelling matchup but you're right it almost seems like the central division at least the first and second spots are pretty much locked up I think the Predators could chase down St. Louis for that third spot, um, but I would imagine the Blues would still get a wild card. I also wouldn't rule out Dallas completely. I mean, right now, uh, if you look at the breakdown, Nashville would get a wild card spot with 64 points, and then Calgary would get the other one with 62 points. And, and Dallas, that only puts them six points out. They are three and seven in their last 10, so they're definitely struggling. Um, but they could maybe turn it around. This is another team that if they added some pieces could maybe start playing well here at the end. And they're, they're at least not out of it yet uh, at this point. Yeah, they're going to be in a run, real quandary in about eight days with the trade deadline because they're, they're seventh or, uh, sixth in their division at AJ and could really... Uh, dangle some veterans who are pending UFAs that should fetch a neat could fetch a neat return in the trade market but if they decide to hang on and try for a playoff spot they forego that opportunity so real tough situation there Colorado on the other hand the rumors of some big names flying around at the trade deadline just aren't going away I, I, I really will be shocked to see that but uh, hey, the rumors where there's smoke, there's fire, and this team's not going anywhere. They're a lot to be the worst team in the league uh, easily, I think. They're 3-6-1, and one, which is almost better than what they've done all, all season long. <laughs> and uh, the 35 points, just a remarkable, remarkably poor total, given the, the opportunity with the overtime and the shootout extra points that exist. So top to bottom, intrigue in this division as well. Finally, we go out west where it looks like for once, one time, that the California mastery might be broken up a little bit as Edmonton and Calgary are giving a little Canadian content here. Edmonton uh, rising up to a second place tie with Anaheim right now, although Edmonton does have two games in hand. And Calgary, you can't discount them. Like you said, they're 5-4-1 in their last 10 and with 62 points on the fringe of playoff contention right now. And right behind them, the Los Angeles Kings. Are you going to sh- uh, discount these guys? I certainly am not. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, but this is when they really get warmed up, I think, 
uh, in the past, and, and I look for them to make it a real push to get a playoff spot. Behind them, Vancouver's faded a little bit, and then the other also ran in the NHL. The only other one is Arizona, and you wonder what they're going to do at the trade deadline. They've got a young GM who has been very creative with some of the deals that he's pulled, and uh, they're going to need some more rabbits coming out of the hat there to turn things around. He just might be the guy to do it, this uh, John Chayka, and uh, I'll be looking forward to see what they do at the trade deadline. So again, whether they're trading or whether they're competing for playoffs, each team has uh, their hat in one ring, and it will be compelling to watch down the stretch. Yeah, well, and I think both Calgary and Arizona have have clearly already tipped their hat with that that trade we talked about earlier. Um, you know, Calgary's trying to shore up their defense, uh, and they're willing to give up some future draft picks for it. Clearly, uh, and that's what Arizona wants. So, I mean, both these teams have kind of already established themselves as you know buyers and sellers. I, I do think it's compelling what Edmonton's doing, um, but you know, San Jose is is a talented team. They're, they're definitely a little bit long in the tooth uh, to steal some of your parlance, Paul. Um, but they're a team that can, gets better in the second half. They still have Martin Jones in goal. Uh, so I, I think they're still the favorites to win uh, to win this division. And, yeah, as you pointed out, you know, Los Angeles is hanging around there for, for a wild card spot without their number one netminder. And they get uh, Jonathan Quick back hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, they'll be right back in this and in a strong contender for for a wild card spot. Um, I don't think I mean, they're 12 points out of third place. So so I'd be surprised if they could uh, chase down one of the top three teams here. But uh, definitely a wild card contender. Now, in coming weeks, we're going to break down uh, more rumors and news around the NHL. But AJ, some of our listeners have been starved for DFS play because basketball effectively shut down over the weekend, limiting DFS possibilities. And so we're going to give a nod to them by doing a little more depth, in-depth stuff in terms of our DFS prep for tonight's games, just to give them whet their appetite and get back in the swing. The basketball doesn't resume until Thursday of this week, so really a hockey focus is, is there, and uh, it makes sense for us to take a look here at uh, the FanDuel prices for Tuesday's games, and we'll begin by looking at the matchups. Uh, we have a, a nine-game slate where Ottawa goes up against New Jersey. The Senators are a 110 favorite with an over-under at five. Montreal visits the Rangers, that first-round potential matchup that you touched on. The Rangers are a 140 favorite. That's pretty significant, considering they're a fourth-place club. Canadians are first, and indicative of what we said about just how talented that division is. The Rangers are a five-and-a-half uh, over-under. Pittsburgh, your club, goes into Carolina. I'm surprised this isn't a, a wider spread, given that I saw Carolina play the Leafs on the week, uh, a couple of days ago. They didn't look good at all. They've struggled during this homestand. Pens are a, a 140 favorite. They over under is five and a half and then maybe the game of the night in terms of the rookie showcase the top four scoring rookies are on display hey the top three of the top four are on display every time the Leafs lace them up but the top guy <laughs> Patrick Laine is there tonight in Toronto and you can bet that uh, both of those guys are going to be looking to put on a show uh, the Leafs are a minus 145 favorite the over under is six I think that's low and uh, should be a scoring fest there that's 730 uh, tip let's call it and uh, what about the remaining games on this get AJ yeah, so another 730 out, uh, outing. The Islanders are a minus 110 at Detroit with a 5.5 over under. That's uh, uh, close, uh, or at least tied with Ottawa and New Jersey for, for the narrowest margin there. Uh, Edmonton traveled to Tampa. Lightning are actually favored in this one, a minus 125, five and a half over under. I was a little surprised to see the Lightning favored, uh, but that is a long trip from Edmonton all the way down to Tampa. 
uh, Calgary head to Nashville. The Predators are minus 160 with a five and a half over under. Uh, Chicago at Minnesota. This will be quite the battle tonight. The Wild are minus 140, uh, 5.5 over under on that one as well. And then our big uh, one-sided contest of the night and the last one of the evening, Los Angeles, the Kings minus 190 as they head to Colorado for the 9 o'clock tip. All right. Uh, we will begin as we usually do on the Thursday shows. This is kind of the, the formula that we use. So for our Tuesday listeners, you'll, you'll want to tune in on Thursday if you like what you hear in this segment for the DFS breakdown. We'll start with the centers where uh, I'll ask AJ for his thoughts on each range and I'll back up with mine. Uh, who do I like in each of these ranges? And we'll start with the 8,000 and up crew. There's a, three names here, AJ. Malkin at 8,600, Tavares 8,100, and McDavid at $8,700. Which of the three guys here do you like? Yeah, I mean, every time we've done one of these pods, it seems like the Penguins are playing a weaker team. Um, so I'll just say for all of our listeners out there, consider any and all Penguins tonight, in my opinion. Now, having said that, outside of those obvious choices in, in Crosby and Malkin, Connor McDavid would be a great option tonight. Um, ben Bishop has been a little bit better lately. He's got four wins in a row. Um, but McDreamy's also racked up seven points in his last four contests. And that's a 20, uh, a 20% uh, shooting percentage. So, I mean, he's capitalizing on, on his opportunities right now. And at 8,700, I, I think you have to seriously consider Connor McDavid tonight. McDreamy? Holy cow. There's no, <laughs> you got a bromance with Crosby. Don't tell me you're cheating on Sid the Kid here. Uh, you know, Absolutely not. <laughs> I got to talk about John Tavares a little bit. Uh, he's been really good in DFS play of late, uh, fanning the Islanders' fate playoff hopes. And this matchup is a favorable one, given that the Detroit defense is a little banged up. Their goalie goaltending is a little suspect and offensively i don't think they have anybody to shut down the power game that Tavares brings to the table so that to me makes him a very attractive play in this range you can certainly make the case like you did for the other three guys but don't sleep on Tavares either he makes good sense to me in the 7000 to 7900 breakdown aj who's your guys well, when our listeners and, and most uh, DFS players think Toronto, immediately all eyes are going to go to Austin Matthews. But I don't want our listeners to overlook Nazem Kadri. For 7,100, he's a great option here. Uh, he's averaging 19.8 fantasy points per game in his last five, and that includes four goals. Uh, the Jets are certainly prone to giving up uh, tallies. Although Hellebuck, who is the expected starter that hasn't been confirmed yet, is on kind of a mini uh, two-game win streak here. But uh, don't sleep on Nazem Kadri tonight. Uh, we talked about the uh, over-under on that game being six. That's the highest one of the night. I agree with Paul's assessment that it'll probably be higher than that. Uh, so Nazem Kadri, definitely a guy that could pop one tonight. And you know what? Don't overlook the one of the star ex, star performers expected to be on the ice tonight. Austin Matthews at $7,500. You can bet he's had this date circled ever since the Leafs blew a 4 nothing lead in Winnipeg with, with Line getting a hat trick, including the overtime winner. This is a great opportunity for Matthews to make a statement that I believe he's the rookie of the year. But uh, you can bet the other guy's going to do, do his best on the other side of the ice to make sure that he has a good show as well. And we'll get to him on, on the wings, I'm sure. Another guy you can't overlook in this range, Jeff Carter at $7,700. 
this is all matchup related. Carter has been the Kings' top sniper, and Colorado has just been a dreadful team. I'm surprised this line isn't a little larger in terms of Carter's opportunity here. And uh, in terms of that Winnipeg-Toronto game, I also like Mark Shifley. Talk about a winger that uh, a center that I don't think the Leafs can corral in terms of the skill and size that this, this guy brings to the table. I think Shifley has a chance to run wild tonight and uh, be well worth the $7,600. It pains me to say so, but uh, they really got a circle the wagons around this guy if they possibly can i would negate and fade maybe jonathan taves in the matchup that he has aj i'm not sure how you feel about that one but for 7100 dollars against a minnesota team that's very tough at home and taves not the biggest scorer out there among the top uh, end players i think that's an opportunity to fade him uh in this range yeah that's a great paul uh call paul all right. What about the 6,000s, AJ? There's still some talented players in this grouping that merit consideration, I do think. And uh, who tops your list in this group? Yeah, if you can swing it, it might be worth trying to stack Leon Dreisaitl alongside McDavid. You know, Dreisaitl's coming in at 6,800. So getting both would definitely put uh, some downward pressure on the rest of your lineup. But Dreisaitl's got two goals and three assists in his last three games. And the last time these two teams played each other, the 21-year-old netted a pair of points. And I expect more of the same tonight. I, I expect Edmonton uh, to, to at least put some goals in on Tampa, if not uh, come out with the win as well. Well, and, I, and I'll talk about potential stack as well with Los Angeles. I'll back my Carter call by Anze Kopitar at $6,200. Boy, this is a cheap call for a cheap price tag for a guy who has all kinds of skill and gets that favorable matchup. So uh, I might like a piece of that action there. I also think you got to go with a hot stick who's underpriced too, and that's Hendrik Zetterberg. And he gets an interesting matchup tonight as well against a, a defensively suspect club. Zetterberg priced at $6,200, very attractive to me. So in fact, those are probably going to be two of the centers that merit consideration when we get to our final lineups. What about the $5,000 to $5,900 range? AJ, again, there's some first liners here that uh, are priced in this group. Yeah, I'll mention one one injury uh, hit here. Derek Stepan, day-to-day with a hit. He's expe- hip. Uh, he's expected to play tonight. Uh, he's projected to be on the first line, but even if he is in, he hasn't scored in 13 uh, straight, so I wouldn't take uh, the risk on him, even though he is going to be healthy. Now, on the flip side of that, a guy who has been red hot is Derek Broussard. He's 5,500 tonight, uh, two goals and three assists, including one on the power play. And he also gets the Devils, who are allowing 2.85 goals per game and 31.5 shots. Uh, so definitely an opportunity to brass, for Brassard to rack up potentially some points, as well as getting some of those ancillary stats with shots. Uh, this is a matchup I think is worth taking advantage of tonight. Listen to you with a $10 word, ancillary stats. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I'm going to counter with Tyler Johnson, who uh, he was a, uh, almost a leading scorer in the league a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken, and has traveled under the radar for uh, for Tampa this year. But I think tonight's a good spot to go on to him for $5,800 against an Edmonton team that does like to play a bit of a run-and-gun style. Tampa can score with the best of them. They've got enough skill up front and on defense they're backed by Victor Hedman as well to generate some offense so this could be an offensive game uh, and and I'll take a piece of Tyler Johnson in one of my teams tonight uh, at this price tag I really like that one and I wonder if there's any more in this group I'll say I'll say maybe Eric Stahl even for $5,400 AJ another first line player for Minnesota I know it's a tough matchup against Chicago but uh, Minnesota another tough out at home as always and this is a chance where the veteran could make a bit of a difference in terms of the depth that they have at center over Chicago. 
What about some value or tournament type plays under the 5,000 mark? There's uh, some interesting names here too. Yeah, Paul, uh, you mentioned, you know, users uh, or players might want to shy away from uh, that Minnesota Chicago matchup. But one guy that you might want to consider in this price range is Eric Halla at uh, 4,600. The Wild do have the league's fourth best offense uh, at 3.31 goals per game. And certainly uh, Eric Halla can add some of that depth scoring. Uh, He did pop one into the net last time they played the Hawks. uh, So it's certainly uh, a possibility for him. And then another kind of uh, discount value play here is going to be Mark Letestu for 4000 And at this low, low price, it's, it's definitely hard to pass on a guy who's averaging over 15 fantasy points in his last three contests. There's another oiler that might be worth looking at tonight uh, as they square off with Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay, uh, things drop off after that first defensive pairing, so uh, that makes me wonder if a guy like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins might be worth a play, given the shaky nature of the goaltending that we've seen out of Tampa in the last little while. For $4,900, if Edmonton plays that run-and-gun game and gets it going offensively, maybe the Nuge gets in on the scoring as well. And I'll also throw in one more name here, and that's Travis Zajac, not often you see a first-line winger, a first-line center offered in this price range, but there you go. Uh, Zajac projected to be the first-liner against Ottawa. This is a team that really got banged up over the weekend. As many as four of their regular forwards could be missing for the game tonight, so keep an eye on the injury wire there because if that's the case, it certainly makes Ottawa uh, a little more suspect against a Devils team that can limit opposing teams offensively and has the opportunity with uh, Zajac on the first line and first line power play to do some damage there for that cheap price. Let's move over to the wings, AJ. There's uh, a couple of guys, one guy all alone at the top, rather. It's Patrick Kane at $8,300. Given his talent and his matchup, I'm inclined to fade him tonight, but you may have a different opinion, I understand. Yeah, I think it, he's worth seriously considering for a play uh, 22.6 fantasy points in his last seven games. So that's a, uh, a high number of points over an extended period of time. Uh, certainly worth a look. But I, I do agree the matchup scares me a little bit. Uh, but if you want to build kind of around uh, somebody and, uh, you know, do do your lineup based on, on using a high price guy, for wingers, he's, he's not the worst option tonight. Yeah, he might even turn out to be a bit of a contrarian play just because people are shying away from AJ. So I'm starting to think about that after your comments and maybe sneak him into one of my lineups just to see how that might play out. If, if a lot of people avoid him, you might get some good production and uh, vault yourself ahead of the field just by that pick alone. Uh, what about dropping down into the 7,000 range? There's a couple of guys, including Patrick Laine and uh, Kessel, that uh, might be worth a look in this group. You want to make a case for either one of them or somebody else? Yeah, I'll make the case for Patrick Laine at 7,500. You know, in, thre- <laughs> <laughs> in three of his last four games, he's put up multiple points, including a hat trick against the Stars. The net mining in Toronto, it's going to be hard to hear, Paul, but it has been a little suspect of late. So he could be, uh, you know, on par for a huge night tonight. I think the fact that he's going up against who's going to be his main rival his entire career in Austin Matthews, both these guys are going to be motivated. I think we both think this is a goal fest waiting to happen. I think Patrick Laine will be right there in the mix. Yeah, I, I think he should have a an, could have an opportunity for a big night too. Uh, we'll get into their story a little bit later on in the show, though, in the 
in the tail end. But you can make a case for a couple other guys. I'm certainly looking at Pat, Max Pacioretty. I'm thinking tonight's an opportunity to fade him for me against the New York Rangers team that's pretty tight defensively. They are a stronger team than Montreal right now, and that just makes that $7,500 price tag a little unattractive for these eyes. I like Phil the Thrill tonight for $7,300 against Carolina. As I said, the Hurricanes looked absolutely dreadful the other night when the Leafs walked all over them uh, as visitors, and I think Pittsburgh could do an even bigger number. And of course, uh, with Kessel factoring in uh, into that offense and on the power play, he could roll some uh, some high totals. Uh in that matchup so uh, very attractive Michael Granlund is in this group too at $7,300 I just think that given the quality of the opponent in the Blackhawks this is another guy that I would fade in this matchup so really there's some definite fades and possible plays in this group that merit consideration is there any more clarity uh, in the group that is below these guys? Let's take it from uh, $6,600 to $6,900. There's a whole bunch of names in the 6000 range, so we'll break it up a little bit this week. Yeah, and one kind of uh, contrarian pick you might want to k- take a look at is James Neal at 6600 I don't want our listeners to let a 10-game goal streak dissuade them from using Neal tonight. He does have five helpers in his last three contests. Calgary are trying to boost their defense, and there's a reason why. I believe the drought for Neil ends tonight, that goal drought. Um, but there's plenty of things that might scare you away, including that 10-game goal streak. He's projected to be a third-line player, um, but I would not let these you know, things kind of uh, dissuade you. I think he's a solid option uh, for tonight's lineup. All right, and I'm going to counter with a couple of guys are going to face each other in Toronto. That's Blake Wheeler at $6,900 and JVR, uh, James Van Riesdyk at $6,800. Wheeler is another one of these big players, big body players who give the Leafs fits. I already told you about Shifley. Well, Wheeler's uh, maybe exhibit 1B uh, tonight in that matchup that uh, could pose some problems for a Leaf defense that is not too big and not too fast and uh, they've given up their share of goals of late and Wheeler might be a guy that adds to that uh, misery on the other side JVR is starting to pick up his game he's also in some trade rumors uh, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about him in the next couple of episodes here because those trade rumors are starting to make some sense to me given his contract status but he's elevated his game made some great passes the other night in that Carolina route and uh, you you know what he does around the net too this is a 30 goal scorer uh, on any team in the league and a top six player on any team in the league too in my opinion and and Winnipeg's defense and goaltending doesn't scare anybody either so listen there's gonna be pucks going in at both ends of the rink tonight and these guys could be on the ends of those shots so uh, I'm, I'm good on either one of them what about in the 5600 to $6,500 price range AJ some more compelling news yeah I, I want to mark uh, point out Mark Stone and Mike Hoffman both are traveling with the team uh, but no real update on the, on the severity uh, of the injury yet uh, so these are guys to watch both have been uh, you know definitely uh, solid fantasy options you know stone's averaging 12.7 fantasy points on the year hoffman's averaging 13.1 so if these guys are in the lineup you may want to take a good long uh, hard look at them one guy in this price range that i will uh, mention that's not injured is tanner pearson uh, not only does he have seven points in his last four but this is you know your standard versus colorado contest which we seem to highlight every week <laughs> now the, the kings are certainly struggling themselves but I think this is your chance to maybe utilize some of the Kings uh, players tonight. And I think based on you know what 
uh, other players out there are going to see they might shy away from from using the Kings, even though they're playing Colorado. I think that would be a mistake tonight. Well, one guy who doesn't look like a mistake tonight is in this range for me, and that's Rick Nash at $6,400. I know they're playing the Montreal Canadiens, but we already highlighted this is a 2-7-1 club in their last 10. They don't have any size other than Shea Weber to contend with Nash, so I, I, I can expect the home club to avoid that matchup and see if their big man can run wild against some of the uh, less physical and less skilled Montreal defenders, and uh, certainly on the power play, he'll be unleashed in, in a bigger fashion. And then we we talked about some rookies on the Leafs and Winnipeg for sure. One of the guys who's playing great right now for the Leafs, maybe the best rookie uh, on their roster in the last month is Willie Nylander. And he's priced at $5,800. Boy, AJ, you're, if you can tune into this game, watch this guy because he's been flying up and down the ice. And uh, you can bet that he wants to make a statement too in this this rookie showcase. And I think he gets a great opportunity and a great price tag at 5800 bucks. Uh, in the group of 51 to 5,500, before we go into value plays, there's some more uh, interesting names here, AJ. Yeah, and another uh, you know round of kind of top-line projected guys here. Uh, you look at Patrick Maroons here, Sebastian Iho, Tyler Toffoli. That would be a Kings at Colorado uh, matchup you could take advantage of. Nick, uh, Nikolai Ehlers is in this range too. Um, but the two guys that I'll highlight are going to be uh, Nino Niederreiter, for 5400 now again we've talked about the wild are facing chicago could be a tough matchup but he's going to be on that top line with stall and coil he's had a couple down games but i think being on that top line will help him hopefully get back on track and then anders lee at 5300 he uh, is logging those minutes with john Tavares. we've talked about how great of an assignment that has been for his wingers all season he's averaging a point per game in his last 12 contests uh, along with 2.5 shots per game so definitely a solid option there, and you're getting some great value uh, out of both these guys, I think. Yeah, and two other guys, actually, that are going to be facing one another in this range, uh, and I'll, I'll highlight them. Andrew Ladd has been maligned all season long for that bad contract signing and so on, but he's going to be playing the best hockey of his season tonight. He gets the uh, Islanders uh, against Detroit. That's a, a good matchup for him because Detroit's defense is a little banged up, like I said, and their goaltending has been suspect all year, and I'll take Ladd's hot stick against that uh, landscape any day of the week. And Mo, uh, Mo, I almost said moment. It's Anthony Mantha, fifty-one hundred dollars. He's one of Detroit's up-and-coming snipers of the future, and uh, he's a good bet to go off almost any night. Just all kinds of skill, and against an Islander team that is similarly suspect on the in the goaltending's aspect of things. What about some tournament-type plays in this group, AJ? There, there are a couple of names that I'm going to highlight with uh, great, great uh, possibilities. Yeah, I really like Leo Komarov for 4,800. He's got four straight games with an assist, uh, and that is while dealing with a 16-game goal drought. Um, But I think despite the lack of goals, he continues to see power play ice time to the tune of uh, 154 per game. So I think all of those factors combined with, as we've highlighted, a a potentially high-scoring game tonight could end uh, the drought for Komarov. And then Matthew Peralt, 4,600 on the other side of the matchup. And it's, you know, kind of due to injuries that Peralt is in a top six role. Looks like he's going to be on the on the second line for for the Jets tonight. Um, but it's paying off for him. He's got two goals and two assists in his last three contests. And, and again, this is another uh, we've talked about this matchup, uh, you know, to, to no end. But it really is 
a great chance to find some value guys that could potentially score tonight. And I, I can't believe it, but it's up to me to bang the drum again for one Chris Kunitz for $4,900. <laughs> He's the first line winger of that uh, Sydney guy in, in, uh, in your Penguins lineup. That alone makes him an attractive play tonight. But uh, I also think this is a matchup play, too, that makes some sense to me. I beat it to death with Carolina. So this might be one of the best values on the entire board for me tonight. The last time I said that, this guy did go off. So I'm counting for history, counting on history to repeat itself. And I'll partner him with Brian Boyle, who's been the subject of a lot of trade rumors. Uh, and for $4,400, I think he's a real good pick tonight, too, as he's being definitely being showcased, I think. And he's going to get a lot of chances to, to highlight that aspect. He, he's great on the face-off circle, too. And, and possession drives a lot of uh, scoring opportunities. I'm going to bet that he starts a lot of the scoring plays just by winning the draws tonight. So he could pick up a couple of cheap assists that way as well. What about on the blue line, AJ? Let's take a look at the uh, 7,000 range. There's two names up there in Chris Letang and Eric Carlson, $7,300 and $7,100. My question to you is player fade these guys. Yeah, personally, I want to spend in other positions tonight, but I can't knock uh, going with either one of these guys. I, I would play them if that's how you want to build your lineup. You know, Carlson has a goal and six assists in his last five. Latang has uh, six assists in his last five as well. I think you can build a solid lineup around either one of these guys. They both have good matchups tonight, too. Uh, I'm personally just spending in other areas, um, but a, a strong argument could be made to play either one of these guys. And who knows, maybe I'll throw another lineup together uh, that tries to, to capitalize on these guys uh, rather than just uh, spending in other areas. Yeah, the, you know what? You can certainly make a case for either one of these guys, given the fact that you'll find some really cheap defensemen that also play first-line minutes that you can pair them with. I think it'd be very tough to get both of them in one lineup without really sacrificing up front for sure. So I would really avoid that tendency and maybe pick one, the one of these guys that you think is better than the other and uh, try and build with a cheap defenseman to, to give yourself some flexibility elsewhere. Uh, there is opportunity in the 6,000 range, AJ, with a mitt full of other first-liners. Yeah, and I'm going to look at the, the two guys playing on the same team here. Roman Yossi for 6,000. Uh, he finally seems to be figuring out how to score without Shea Weber. He's got four goals in his, in his last five games. Three of those came on the power play. He's also got two assists in those last five games and a, a solid 18 shots. Uh, so he's not afraid to throw pucks at the net. So it, it, for 6,000, uh, the matchup is okay, I would say. Uh, Calgary is, is certainly uh, making a push for the postseason, um, but they do have some defensive concerns, which is why they're trading for and signing defensemen. And then the other player, uh, P.K. Subban for 6,100. He's had such a down year that... You know, I think he might get avoided by by a handful of fantasy players out there, but he seems to finally be figuring that out as well. He's got six helpers in his last five. The goals still aren't there yet, um, but against Calgary, who are giving up 2.8 goals per game, I think either Nashville D-man is worth a look tonight. You know what? I also have a couple of other guys I want to highlight in this range. One really scares me uh, as a Leaf fan, and that's Dustin Bufflin for $6,000. This guy is like a sleeping lion. You don't want to wake him up because, uh, really, the Leafs have nothing to contend, uh, limit him if he goes wild and, and plays his up-tempo offensive game. The guy's a great skater with, a, with all that size, and he'll, he's a threat to go end-to-end -end, uh, when he's on, the, on top of his game. And for $6,000, that's a great value tonight. 
in the matchup against Toronto. I'll also highlight Victor Hedman. This guy's had a fabulous year, AJ, uh, in terms of being one of the top scoring defensemen in the in the league. Tampa's getting their game together for a playoff push. I think he's going to be central to that, and he might be the high-end defenseman in terms of pairing with a cheapie that I might go with tonight. In the 5,000 range, we got 5,000 to 5,400, AJ. Uh, 5,000 to 5,500, I think, uh, we'll highlight here. Who do you like in this group? Yeah, for me, a uh, couple of uh, kind of uh, maybe lesser talked about names of late. Uh, Drew Doughty for 5,500. Now, there's there's no arguing that Doughty has been struggling late with just one point in his last six. But his ice time has remained consistent. He's up over 27 minutes a night, and that includes both the power play and the penalty kill. So he's going to continue to get opportunities. And I think a trip to Colorado may just be the thing he needs to get back on track like so many other players have this season. Uh, the other guy I'll mention is is a riskier play, and that's Mark Giordano for 5,300. He is not a consistent scorer, um, but right now he does have a goal in each of his last two games. You'd be betting on him to stay hot uh, tonight, which is certainly possible against the Predators, but I would highlight him definitely as a GPP play. I wouldn't use him in a, in a 50-50 uh, or a, uh, a multiplier just because he doesn't have the consistency that you're necessarily looking for in those type of contests. And I'm going to take a look at that Chicago-Minnesota game here and look at Ryan Sutter. This guy plays half the games almost for, for Minnesota. He's in on a lot of their offense as a result because he does play the puck well. And he's been a factor in their offense of late that I, I think I ride that hot stick for $5,500 in, in at least one of my lineups tonight. And I'll pair him with Brent Seabrook. And it gives, it gives us an opportunity to remind our listeners, hey, it's not off, all, only offensive stats that uh, boost their totals here. This is a guy who's one of the league's leading shot blockers. And that certainly uh, enhances his value. But don't sleep on the fact that this guy can be productive as well. He factors into the power play. That's all, all mixed up in one product for $5,100. That's a very attractive pick for me tonight, possibly. And we go into the bargain group in, in this area. Under 5000 there's still more first-liners here that merit consideration. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like, and he's not a first-liner, but I really like Mike Green. Um, he is uh, coming back from an illness. He's expected to play tonight. That hasn't been confirmed yet, so you'll definitely want to check back at Rotowire. Um, and he did have a, a four-game slump prior to uh, get, you know getting sick, but that was against Washington, Columbus, Minnesota, and St. Louis. You know tonight he should be back in action against the Isles, who have allowed 16 goals in their last four contests. So I think Green is certainly someone to look uh, to to maybe take advantage. I think the fact that he's on Detroit could lower his ownership as well as people being scared away by that potential illness. So if he's in the lineup, a great play. Um, well down the list here, I actually really like Nikita Zaitsev for 4100. The points are there, aren't there, which is why he is in this lower price range. Um, but he did have six blocks in his last game, and he's finding other ways to get you some fantasy points. I think against the Jets, he certainly could be among the goal scorers. Another player on, on the Jets that we'll highlight in this range is, is Jakob Truba. He's suspended, so the fact that he's out makes uh, 
the Jets defense even weaker uh, in front of somewhat questionable goaltending. So I think all signs could be pointing to Toronto scoring some goals tonight. And I think Zaitsev could certainly be one of those players. Boy, I hope you're right. And to that end, I'm going to add uh, Morgan Riley to the mix. He's playing maybe, I think, the best hockey of the year. I've seen this guy every minute of this guy's action because I watch all the Leaf games. For $4,500, I think uh, that's one of the screaming hot values on the board for defensemen tonight. First line uh, on, the, on the back end and second line on their power play. Uh, he, he's a guy that uh, has really got his game together of late and the Leafs gen- do generate a lot of scoring off the rush and a lot of those rushes are started by the defense so uh, really a good looking option there for $4,500 another guy who a former Leaf uh, also factors into the play tonight and that's Dion Phaneuf the Ottawa Senators need their leadership to come forward he's been a part of that leadership group all year long I told you they're banged up and, and AJ highlighted the fact that some of the forwards to be game time decision look for Phaneuf to pick up some of that slack and drive some of that offense he's having a fine year offensively uh, almost up to 10 goals which is he hasn't topped the double digits in a while but uh, certainly has been delivering the goods for Ottawa and they'll need him tonight and I think he has a chance to come up big for 4,800 bucks and speaking of big money we got to go to the goaltenders now AJ and uh, this is where you really need to get it right so help our listeners with the 9,000 and up group who do you like out of Dubnik at 9,500 Price at 9,200 and Murray at 9,200 do you play or fade any of these guys well, look, at this price point, you want a guy that's capable of potentially getting a shutout. I mean, you're not looking just for uh, a guy who's going to get a win in that night's game. You can get a guy for lower you know, price that you're just looking for the 12 points from the win. Of these three guys, I, I think I like Matt Murray the best, and, and that's because Dubnik faces Chicago. That's going to be a tough out for him. I, I, I do think he'll get it, um, but it won't come without some goals. Price has been off his game lately and is getting the Rangers tonight. They're one of the top offenses in the league. Uh, in the league, So I think Murray is really the only one of the three who's facing a slightly weaker team tonight. Um, but Carolina are dangerous as well. So overall, I fade this group. But if I'm going to use one, I think it would be Matt Murray for me. Yeah, I don't share your fear in that matchup. I go with Murray 100% in this matchup. To me, he checks all the boxes. You want a guy who could get a shutout? and at least backup guy got the shutout last time out against these guys so i like your chances to see a minnesota uh i mean sorry pittsburgh shutdown uh, carolina at home i don't like the matchup at all for Kerry price and devin dubnik also gets that tough matchup against chicago so i'm fading both those guys for sure for sure what about in that 80 high 8,000 range aj do you see some value that you might be leaning on yeah, I like two guys here. I'll start with Henrik Lundqvist for 8,900. You know, King Henrik has been will potentially be a great play tonight with how weak the Canadians have been of late. You know, we've talked about the fact that I think the the Rangers would be favored in a seven game series against Montreal, um, and so I think you know that's definitely taking advantage of of their down tonight. You know, for Henrik uh, Lundqvist up. The other player that got a solid matchup tonight is Peter Budai for 8,500. You know, he is on a three-game losing streak, but his last loss was a one-goal effort where his team just failed him completely. Should be able to bounce back against the league's worst team in Colorado tonight. So both these guys are kind of matchup options tonight. Uh, that I think are worth taking a, a hard look at. Yeah, I like both those names. I would definitely recommend fading Scott Darling at this point because he's listed, not even listed among the starters. It looks like Corey Crawford's getting that assignment. So 
paid on that $8,600 price tag for Darling. I wouldn't touch the Crawford one either because they're visiting that uh, hornet's nest that is the Minnesota home rink where the Wild is a very tough team to play against. Ben Bishop's another guy that I fade in this group, AJ, because I just think that Edmonton's offense, when they're on, can light up any goalie. And uh, Bishop, Bishop has not been on the top of his game and injury riddled a little bit this year. I, I'm thinking that uh, that's one that I'll stay away from too. I really like the two choices you made, however, and I might be choosing one of those two guys from my guide tonight. What about in the low 8,000s, AJ? Do you see any, anything there? Uh, well, my favorite guy here is going to be Craig Anderson for 8,400. Uh, he's 2-1-0 with a 2.01 goals against since coming back to the team. Uh, you know, you combine that with the fact that the Devils are scoring just 2.29 goals per game. That's second worst in the league behind Colorado. I think Craig Anderson is a great, great option tonight. Um, if you haven't caught on, uh, Paul and I, I think, are both on the fact that you probably don't want to use Frederick Anderson or Connor Hellybuck tonight. Avoid that matchup when it comes to goaltenders and capitalize it on it if, through the rest of your lineup. I, I think I, that's definitely my opinion. I'm sure you seem uh, on a similar track tonight as well, Paul. No question. And I'm going to fade the flower. Marc-Andre Fleury, not likely to start for Pittsburgh. So you want to get that Pittsburgh goalie right, though. If it turns out to be Marc-Andre, you got to slap him in there for the $8,400 price tag. That's a steal. And Mike Condon for the Senators, another guy that should, should fade. He's not looking like he's going to get the start. Al Montoya up for there for Montreal at $8,300. I don't quite get this on any level. Montreal shouldn't be uh, even considered in this matchup for one, and Montoya probably won't get the start, so it really doesn't make any sense to me. Brian Elliott at $8,100. I might make the case for that, uh, that money to be spent there because Elliott's raised his level of play in the last little while, and Nashville isn't the same scary team that I thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. And I like the Calgary offense against against them. So Elliott might be an interesting play at 8,100. And I would also fade Thomas Grice, who uh, is not playing the same as he was when he first took over the reins in, on the island. And Detroit's playing a lot better there. So for $8,100, I'd avoid that one. What about 8,000 and below, AJ? Let's go bargain hunting for any starters in this group. There's a couple of them. In fact, well, there's a lot of under, other injury notes that don't, don't factor in, but it looks like Connor Hellybuck and Cam Ward are the options here. Do you like either one of them tonight? Well, hey, if you really want a GPP play that's going to have low ownership, go with Cam Ward tonight uh, for 7,900. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that are betting on him, given the fact that Pittsburgh are still the league's uh, top-scoring offense. If you really want to go way down, Jared Corio actually looks like he uh, might All be right. the starter tonight for Detroit for 7,500. I don't like uh, him in that matchup, but if you're looking to really save, and then, it, again, another probably GPP option if you really want it, Calvin Picard all the way down at 7,400. That team is abysmal for uh, lack of any other way to say it. So I would not touch Cal uh, Calvin Picard, but he's there if you want it. You know, they're going to win the occasional game. Los Angeles, probably not the hardest matchup they've fa uh, faced this year. So uh, if you want to take the risk, he might might be a better night uh, to take it than, than some of the others. Yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, Coro interests me a little bit, given the names that you threw out there. I didn't see him initially, but he looks like he's going to start for Detroit. That team's been playing a little bit better of late and might be worth, it might be worth taking a flyer on him, but he did get lit up most recently, so that makes it a really uh, tempting one to avoid for this guy anyway. Well, AJ, we've given our thoughts, but we before we give our lineups, I want to go to the optimizer and have you tell us what it says for tonight's games. 
Yeah, so uh, kind of uh, played around with some of the uh, projection systems. Uh, wanted to avoid uh, too many teams that were uh, underdogs tonight. Uh, I do have, I didn't set it all the way to exclude all the underdogs, but just some of the ones uh, in the more one-sided matchup. So here's what it gave me doing that. Connor McDavid uh, for the top center there, 8,700. And then Sean Monahan for Calgary at okay. 6,300. Two decent options and at the center position. Uh, both are going to be on the power play. Uh, for wingers, it's looking at Taylor Hall for New Jersey uh, for 6,900. Johnny Goudreau for 6,800, another Calgary player here. Uh, Optimizer actually likes Dylan Larkin for Detroit uh, for 4,500. That's definitely a value play. He's third line and doesn't look like he'll be on the power play, so something to consider there. Uh, and then the real discount play for the lineup optimizer at the wings is uh, Eero uh, Pakanarin uh, uh, for Edmonton. He's going to be fourth line for just 3,000, but that, that could be a game that has some goals, uh, but that's a, uh, definitely a GPP option. Uh, on the blue line, the optimizer likes Shea Weber for 5,500 and Mark Giordano, a guy I highlighted for Calgary at 5,300. Both decent options, both power play uh uh, quarterbacks on teams that are going to be favored in tonight's uh, matchup. And then I got to disagree with the optimizer big time on this one. It wants to use Connor Hellybuck tonight uh, for Winnipeg at $8,000. You're saving some money there. I, I guess that's the optimizer's goal. Um, but I just think Detroit's going to run a rough shot over them tonight. Or I'm sorry, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto's offense should kick it into high gear tonight. I agree with you. I jumped the gun a little bit here, but normally we do our lineups uh, first. We'll we'll throw our lineups together now, AJ. Who do you have at center? All right. Well, I, I didn't highlight either of these players uh, earlier because I do want to give our listeners some variety and not just uh, be a constant penguin homer. Um, but the matchup is good tonight, and so I have to do it. I'm going to use both Crosby and Malkin. I'm going to shell out huge at the center position. This is definitely costing me at other places, so I really need to find value. Um, but I think they're both primed to have a good night. They play on the power play together. Uh, I love everything that this matchup and those two guys have to offer. So for my personal lineup, I'm going to use both guys at the center position tonight. Uh, Paul, what did you do down the middle of your lineup? Well, I'll tell you what. I saved a lot more money than you did here. I <laughs> went with Henrik Zetterberg at $6,200. The veteran Detroit center is... Uh, playing in a tough situation, one that he's not used to, a team that may not make the playoffs. Uh, they haven't been able to say that for a long, long time in Detroit, actually throughout his career. But I think that he's going to be fanning their faint hopes uh, the rest of the way, and he gets a good matchup against the Islanders tonight. And speaking of good matchups, I like Tyler Johnson and his opportunity tonight to have a big game as the, the Lightning face off against Edmonton, a team that doesn't play too well on the defensive side of the puck. And Johnson's been playing a lot better of late. So I really like that matchup for $5,800. I think I got two good picks in there for a total of twelve grand. And four wingers, AJ, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm going to start off. I, I understandably, with how much I spent at center, had to go low here. I went with Tanner Pearson for 5700 I like the fact that I, I think his ownership's uh, going to be down a little bit. And the fact that it is a good night to use some of those L.A. guys. I like Anders Lee playing on the top line with John Tavares for 5300 And then two of the value guys I highlighted in that Toronto-Winnipeg matchup, uh, Leo Komarov and uh, Matthew Peralt at 48 for Komarov and 56 for Peralt. I think both guys are, are lower down uh, on the price range but could certainly 
be uh, on, on tap for big nights tonight. Uh, your wingers, Paul. I went for size here with three of my four. Uh, I, you know I like them big, AJ. Uh, JVR of the Leafs at $6,800. I think that's a screaming hot value on today's board, too, just because of the matchup. Uh, Winnipeg suspect goaltending their defense, not noted for the, offen- the defensive side of the game, more offensively. So I think he gets opportunities. There'll be penalties. That means power plays, and this is where JVR is most effective, I think. And, and partnering with him at 6,800, I'm going to have Rick Nash at 6,400. I already spoke about the edge that he has against the Canadians tonight. I really like that price tag. And I'll add Anthony Manta at 5,100. Really a bargain in this group for $5,100 for all that skill and a matchup that I think Detroit has the big edge tonight. And I ended up with Chris Kunitz again. I can't believe I'm the guy that's mentioning this guy a week in, week out <laughs> for $4,900. But boy, that's a nice fit into my lineup tonight. On the blue line, what do you got? All right, so I'm going to start off with uh, with Mike Green for 4,600. I talked about him coming back from from illness and, and being on a little bit of a slump. So I, I like the fact that he'll be a solid GPP option because of those factors. If he's not in the lineup, I'll obviously have to change something up. Uh, this is definitely one you'll want to check back on the Rotowire injury page. Uh, and then uh, Zaitsev for Toronto at 4,100. Uh, as I highlighted earlier, my centers were so expensive. I have to really go cheap. Uh, but I like the matchup tonight for Zaitsev. And I think he can, you know, be a factor in that game tonight. Uh, Paul, what did you do defensively? Well, I went for one of the big names on the blue line, thinking I'm going to partner him with a cheapie that makes sense. So I went with Victor Hedman at $6,600. Love the matchup. And uh, Tampa looks like a team that really is going to lean on their big guns the rest of the way. Of course, hoping to get Stamkos in the lineup soon. They get a good matchup with the visiting Oilers, a team that doesn't, uh, adhere to too, too much of a defensive structure while Tampa certainly has that ability and so I think they trump the visiting Oilers with their uh, level of organization and Hedman's been a factor in both ends of the rink of late really on fire offensively this year his best offensive campaign to date and one guy who uh, has kind of been overlooked in, in DFS play just because if you look at the season long totals they're kind of not where they should be that's Morgan Riley who's been battling injuries he looks finally healthy to me and, and that means that the Leafs best defenseman could be a factor offensively and there's no better almost no better matchup than against a loose defensive team like Winnipeg that will get into the penalty box this guy factors into the offense tonight I think in a big way and for that cheap price tag so I love him at the $4,500 price tag and in goal backing up your squad AJ yeah I'm gonna go with Craig Anderson at 8400 and and this is mostly due to the fact I, I know Ottawa's banged up a little bit but the devil simply can't score um, and so that that's why I'm going to use Anderson tonight. I will throw out there if uh, a surprise switch happens and Mark Andre Fleury ends up getting in the start. He's also at that 8,400 price range. I might consider switching over um, just to put my my lineup where my heart is. Uh, but uh, I, for for a guy who's looking like he's going to start. I think Craig Anderson is my backstop tonight. Uh, Paul, what did you do in goal? Well, first of all, I looked, I took a peek at your goalie, and when you said Anderson only, I didn't see any initials, so I thought, is he taking Freddie? Because that's a goal <laughs> fest, and I think he wants to avoid the goals, so I think you're quite right in, in uh, looking for Craig Anderson in what should be a lower-scoring affair, but I'm going to go for a guy who has a chance to get an easy win tonight, and that's Peter Budai, who's been really one of the stories of the season in L.A., backstopping that squad when it looked like a disaster after Quick went out. Budai has been one of the league-leading goalies we've highlighted him as the stud of the week and tonight he gets a pretty soft matchup with one of the longest lines in his favor a minus 190 that's on merit folks the kings are that much better than the 
than the Avs and maybe more. And uh, this should be a lopsided and easy win for the visitors. And uh, I, I take the easy receipt for the victory here, I hope. Well, it takes us down to the stud of the week and the rant of the week. But before that, we want to also remind you that we've given you a, more of a full taste of what we typically do on Thursdays with a full look at lineup options on the NHL version of the DFS sports shows that we do at Rotowire every day. With the uh, slowdown in the NBA schedule, that's why we showed you what, what we can do on the Thursdays, and we do do, in fact. So we'll get back to our regular sweep of the 30 teams next week on our broadcast. But this is what we do on Thursdays. Hope you liked it. And if you do, tune us back in on Thursday night. Let's swing over to the stud of the week, and I'll call it studs of the week, AJ. I've been hope gunning for this one for a while. Austin Matthews and Patrick Liney on the same sheet of ice once again. These two rookies have been having remarkable seasons, I'll say. They're both in the top 10 goal scorers in the league, and one wonders just what their respective ceilings might be. Matthews is second in the league. I say second in the league in terms of even strength goals so far and actually scored most of his goals on the road this season. Patrick Liney, for his part, has established his one-timer as perhaps the second-best shot to uh, Alex Ovechkin in the entire league. That's pretty rarefied air for both of these guys, and it's a shame that only one of them will win the Rookie of the Year honors. They've both been that great. My, uh, my heart says Austin Matthews, and I think my head does too, but I think you disagree. I do, Paul. I, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Patrick Laine for, for the Calder Cup. You know, he's not only leading the league in rookie scoring with 52 points, uh, but Matthews might not even win the rookie scoring title on his own team uh, with Mitch Mardner and William Nylander breathing down his neck. Uh, you know, I, we'll see who ends up being the better player long term, but I, but I think for this year, it's going to be Patrick Laine. He's got three empty net goals at Juice's stats, my friend. So I thought yeah, I could throw... and, and one on his own team, too. <laughs> That's true. Maybe they should count that. He'd have an even bigger lead. But no, he's... Listen, this guy's a great talent. I'm not going to sell him short at all. And it's going to be a nip and tuck battle the rest of the year between these two. And it's kind of telling that you and I are on either side of the fence here. What about the rant of the week? For me, this, this week, it's the mandated five-day break. Uh, there's nothing but downside in this thing, uh, AJ, particularly in a year where we had the tournament at the beginning with the world cup and so on they they didn't need to throw this in although it was mandated by the players association in the most recent agreement they cut with the league i think it's a bad idea on so many levels look at the losing record of teams coming out of their break they are out out of their routine these guys a lot of them and they pay a price for the lack of preparedness once they do return you know they go here there and everywhere on five-day trips and they're not ready for hockey when they come back but they're forced to play and then in addition we get this bloody compressed compressed schedule that sees too many back-to-back games or clusters of too many games within a short time span that leads to more and more injuries that's been proven for most of the clubs that have come come through this and and i just think there's been some no-show performances as well looking at a few clubs that have come out of these with some real clunkers so i don't like it at all yeah i mean it it seemed like a a great idea to me uh, you know, I think you there were a handful of guys who missed less games than they would have uh, just due to the timing of the break. It came, you know, when they were dealing with an injury. It sounds well in theory, um, you know, to give guys a, a few extra days off, let guys rest up that hopefully they would come back, uh, you know, refreshed and ready to play. But to your point, Paul, the teams haven't really been able to capitalize on it and they've been losing more games coming out of the break. Uh, it looks rather than being kind of a rested, ready to go squad, we're getting guys needing to shake off the rust. And, and it really has not panned out, I think, as well as everybody was hoping. 
All right, AJ, before we sign off, there's an ugly rumor floating around Rotowire that you're not going to be around for Thursday's show. I don't want to hear that you're entertaining trade possibilities. I'm not offering you up in any deals, <laughs> and I'm signing you to a long-term commitment right here, right now on the podcast. So please tell me you're not going anywhere too far, and you'll be back soon. I, I will be missing the, the Thursday DFS show, but I will not miss uh, next Tuesday's podcast. I will be here with you. Uh, no plans to uh, to re-sign with another team. I'll, I'll ink that long-term deal now. I, I have no interest in free agency. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that makes me very happy. And it also is a nice way to wrap up this week's podcast with Statsman and AJ. Remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter to follow me, at Paul Bruno, at Statsman22. And you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. We ask you to look out for podcast Hockey Pod every week so that you can get all the latest news and our tips to stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy contest. So long, everybody. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.